Awesome. Hey, how many of you believe, man, there is power in the name of Jesus? Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, we just, we just believe that truth. We love that truth, God. We love that truth that no matter how broken we are and no matter what our week looked like, that there is power in the name of Jesus that's greater than anything we're facing right now, than anything that's holding us back, than any addiction that we have, than anything that's, that's plagued families for years. God, that anything that's, that we just feel is breaking the back of our life, there is power in the name of Jesus, and we just want to lean in to that power right now. And God, I thank you that you want to lean in right now to us. You want to engage us right here. You're not off in the distance somewhere, unconcerned, unaware of what's happening at the forum. You are leaned in to your church this morning. And God, you want us to hear from you. You want, to, you want us to catch everything you're throwing at us today. And so, God, I pray that any distractions, anything that's in our lives that would get in the way, anything in the room that would get in the way, anything that the devil who is real would try to throw at us, keep us from his schemes. And, God, help us to hear everything that you've got for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, before we jump in today, I've got a few things that I want to mention to you. Uh, at the Forum, this is a really, really busy time of year. This is graduation season. This is the busiest time of year at the Forum. And what that means for us, because we have to set everything up that you see here and in the lobby all over. We set it up every week, and most weeks, we have to tear it down. Graduation season, that's quicker than other times, like today and next week. There are three programs at the forum today besides what's happening right now. So what that means is as soon as we say the final amen, if some of you who don't have to leave quickly, if you could help us tear all of this down quickly, if you could stick around for a minute or two, that would be amazing if you could help uh, with that. There's graduations tonight. There's, uh, there's a lot of events going on, so we need to get all this stuff down and out. We can't let anybody know there's a church here, guys. We have to be, it's got to go, all right? Um, so, but if you could stick around, help us do that. That would be awesome. Now, tonight, um, my life group, and I wanted to tell our church about this. Hey, if you're not in a life group, life groups are small groups. They get together, they hang out, they have fun, they talk about God, study the Bible. Uh, and, and listen, if you're on a life group, man, that's a place you need to go to connect with people, to meet people. My life group meets on Sunday nights at 6. And my life group tonight is actually doing something uh, uh, different. We're not here at the forum. Um, tonight, we, my life group is going to feed dinner at uh, the homeless shelter here in town at Corner Haven Homeless Shelter. Now, if you're not in my life group, tonight's a great time to come and check it out and join. In fact, if you have never been to the homeless shelter here in town, now, um, that reminds me, that reminds me, don't you dare miss next Sunday, all right? Don't miss next Sunday. That's all I'm going to say, just a teaser. If you miss next Sunday, it will probably lead to a string of bad decisions that will ruin your life, all right? So don't miss next Sunday, all right? Okay, let me get back on track. Um, but if you've never been to the homeless shelter there, and just to see what they do, um, you need to go. And tonight at 6, if you're in my group, if you want to come, they've asked us to bring food that's pre-made and no pasta. Like, that was in capital letters, no pasta, okay? So, so like, there will be a guard at the door. If you bring pasta, you get punched tonight, all right? So don't bring pasta, that's what they said. Um, but it's just an awesome time. So come tonight at 6. We want me here. We'll meet at the homeless shelter, all right? Okay. Well, hey, here we are today, though, while we're in this room, we are in part three of a five-week series called Recharge. And what we're learning in this series is we are learning how to refuel the real you. And the real you is your soul. 
And what we've seen every single week in this series is that Jesus says that all of us have a soul and that your soul will live forever. In fact, the truest part of who you and I, who we are, is our soul. And so what we've been learning in this series is how to recharge our soul, how to get out of being burned out and stressed and just our souls feel depleted so many times. How can we recharge and experience the rest that we've seen every week Jesus wants us to have? And a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, before we started this series, I put up on Facebook a question. And I just, I just asked Facebook, I, everybody that was my friend, anybody that sees it, I said, hey, listen, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being not at all, 10 being absolutely stressed and burned out, how many of you would say that your life is stressed or you are tired or you are burned out? 1, not at all, 10, dude, that's where I live. And within a couple of hours, I had over 150 comments on that question. And only, I believe, five people gave a, gave a number of five or less. Everyone else gave six or ten. Some people gave a hundred, and that's not an option. Okay, so it's clear you're burned out when you fail that test. When you can't even do that test right, you fail. Like, you're burned out, you know? But, but, but so, so many people said, you know what, I'm just stressed, I'm tired, I'm burned out. And see, the reason that this series matters, the reason we're doing this series is because life can suck the life out of you. Has anybody experienced that? That life can just suck the life right out of you. I mean, you can come to church and have amazing worship like what we just had, leave, you're fired up, and then all of a sudden Monday comes and you're just on E again. And so we're learning how to refuel the real you. And here's what I want to do today. Today I just want to unpack one, unpack one idea so that you can take this one idea with you all this week. And here's what I want to talk to us about today. It's that my life says something. My life, your life, the way that we are living our lives says something. See, see, your life, our lives are not a series of random and thrown together hours and minutes and seconds. The way that we live our lives, the way that we're living our lives right now says something. Our schedules say something. What we're doing with our time says something. The way that we live our lives says something. In fact, I got on the internet uh, this week and I was reading uh, some surveys, some statistics about how much time people spend uh, doing certain things in their life. Have you, you've seen these, right, that tell you how many times, how much time you spend at work in your life and that sort of thing. You, you've seen those, right? And listen, if there's one thing true about the internet, it's that you can't make anything up on the internet. It all has to be true if it's online. Amen? No? That's what I thought, right? But I read this week, I read that you will spend, the average person, on average, spends 25 hours of their life asleep. Think about that for a second. You're going to spend 25 years of your life sleeping. Now, some of you are thinking, bro, listen, I have already blown that out of the water. Like, you know, like, like you have already blown that one away. But the average person, just that is crazy to me. 25 years asleep, it says. Here's just when the average person spends three months in traffic. Some of you, that would be a whole lot less if you actually use what's in your glove compartment. You know what I'm saying? Like you could probably cut that in half and you're thinking about it all the time. Three months in traffic. Here's one. The average person spends a year and a half in the bathroom. And I don't know what you're doing in there, but it's going to take you a year and a half. Okay? It's going to take you a year and a half to do what you need to do in the bathroom. Right? But our life says, it says something. Hey, maybe your life says that you can't say no. 
And so you say yes to everything that anybody asks you to do. You say yes to everything that's thrown your way. And you tell you and other people that it's just you being nice. Everybody else knows you're just a pushover. Because you can't say no. And so you're stressed out and you're burned out and you're tired because you can't say no. Or here's this one. Maybe what, maybe what your life says is that you are driven by success. That's mine. Can I just lay that on the table? That's mine. I struggle with that. The thought of somebody thinking that I am a failure is horrendous to me, right? So you're driven by success. You say, Mark, what's wrong with success? Nothing's wrong with success. There's nothing at all wrong with success. But listen, when success has you and when success is controlling your life, that's the problem. But you're driven by success, so you can't say no. You can't take a break. Even though you're there somewhere, you're not really there. Mentally, you're doing whatever else is that you can't turn off. You tell people that God's in control, but really deep down, you're trying to do his job. Your life says something. And the question is whether or not it's saying the right things. See, I don't know what got you here today. Well, I don't know what got you in this seat. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe you just came to the forum because you thought a graduation started at this time. And you're like, what in the world? This is church. This is not graduation. Right? Maybe that person annoyed you enough you finally came. Or hey, maybe you're here and you're just kind of on the spiritual journey trying to figure God out. Listen, I don't care where you are or what you've been, uh, what you've done. I don't care what got you here. We're just honored to have you, honestly. So if you believe in God, you don't believe in God. We're just honored and excited. We love that you are here today at our church. But maybe that's a new idea. Maybe you've never thought about the fact that your life says something. In fact, don't let me just assume this. I want to say it just so that we're all clear. God wants your life to say something. Did you know that? Did you know that God wants your life to say something? You were created by God to have a relationship with God. And so listen, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done or what got you here in the room today. If you came looking for hope, if you came looking for peace, if you came looking for rest, you've got everything that the world says you ought to have and you still feel empty. You came because you're lonely. You came because you're hurting. You, you came because of something you did 20 years ago or last night and you can't believe that you did that. Listen, I don't care what got you here in the room and I don't know who you're looking for because it's a who you're looking for, not a what you're looking for. Listen, who you're looking for, his name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus, listen, Jesus can give you the hope and the peace. Jesus can fill that void in your soul. So I don't care what got you in that seat today. If you are here and you know that you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I just want to say today, don't let anything keep you from starting that relationship. Don't let anybody that's in this room or not in this room, what they might say, how they might react, don't let anything today keep you from meeting Jesus Christ for the very first time because he wants your life to say something. And it can't say the right things if he's not in your life at all. So give him your life today if you need to do that. And in just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. But some of you are Christians and you're listening and you're thinking, you know what, Mark, I am saved, but I don't like what my life says right now. Mark, listen, I got Jesus in my life, but I, I don't think that my life is saying the right stuff. Well, listen, if that's you today, I'm glad you came because Jesus is going to give us something very practical today. And I'll be honest, it's a little weird. 
In fact, it's something you could have grown up in church your entire life and never heard a sermon about what we're going to talk about today. But Jesus is going to give us something very practical that we can put into our lives so that our lives can begin to say the right thing. So if you've got a Bible on your phone, I'd love for you to go ahead and turn your Bible app on, open it up, open up your Bible if you actually brought one to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28 is where we're going to be at in just a minute. So go ahead and open that up, turn that on, Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. Now, if you don't have a Bible at all, that's fine because the words might be already on the screen behind me. They will be there. And hey, if you don't have a Bible, out in the lobby, in the back of the auditorium, we would love to give you a copy of God's Word today, all right? So we're going to read Mark chapter 2, 23 through 28. And I just feel like, well, let's do something. Like, I, I feel like doing something spontaneous, crazy. We, we've only done this, I think, one time in our church. Let's stand as we read the Bible. Let's all stand. Why are we standing? Because we believe this is God talking. We believe the Bible was written by God. So out of reverence and respect, uh, and to, just to help us lean in, because some of you look like uh, you just fell asleep, so I want to wake you up. So let's stand, and I'm going to read Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. It says, one Sabbath, he, that's Jesus, one Sabbath he was going through the grain fields, and as they, that's Jesus' disciples, made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees, everybody say, boo, boo, those are the bad guys will come back. The Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what's not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is, what's the next word? Lord, even of the Sabbath. Awesome. You guys go ahead and grab a seat. Thanks for doing that. Five times in the verses we just read, we read the word Sabbath. What are we talking about today? We're talking about something called Sabbath. All right? Now, again, if you've grown up in church, maybe you've been aware that's in the Bible. You've never heard that word. If you didn't grow up in church, maybe you're thinking, awesome, Black Sabbath. Woo! No? We had a great creative element. The band was going to open up with Iron Man this morning. It was going to be beautiful. Uh, We decided to ditch it at the last moment. Uh, But it's not Black Sabbath, all right? So the Ozzy Osbourne fans can hang out for just a little bit. But this is something that the Bible talks about called Sabbath. And let's be honest. I'll be honest. I've never heard a sermon on the Sabbath except for the one that I'm giving right now. And so far, this is pretty good, right? So far, it's not bad. I've never heard one of these, though. I met Jesus when I was 18, started going to church when I was 18. I've never heard a sermon on this. And this is all over the Bible. So we're going to talk about this today, this, this, this thing that Jesus says, hey, you know what, if you implement something like this into your life, your life might begin to say something radically different. And because this is a topic that, again, it's so different. It's like Sabbath, what? I want to answer two questions today. I want to answer the first question, what is it? I mean, what is the Sabbath? And then I want to come back really practically at the end and just say, what's it look like? Here's the first question, what is it? Everybody say, what is it? What is it? What is the Sabbath? Well, Mark, I know exactly what the Sabbath is. The Sabbath is when you take a day off. Well, you're real close. I mean, you're right on the ballpark, but you know what? That's not completely what it is. See, the Sabbath in the Bible doesn't mean to unplug. It means to unplug on purpose. 
to unplug, to have a set of time during the week, a couple of hours or maybe a whole day, where we unplug on purpose for the purpose of reconnecting with God. And see, God was the first one to take a Sabbath. God was the one that started this in, in, in the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, at the end of Genesis 1, we get to the end of the creation account. God creates everything for six days. And then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, it says that God got to the seventh day, at, looked at his creation, and rested. God rested. God took a Sabbath. Now, here's a question. Why did God rest? Why did God rest? Was God tired? Was God like off in a corner somewhere? I mean, imagine that. That's a lot of work, right? You just created everything. Was God off in a corner? (laughs) You know? Like, Peter, give me a Gatorade or something. You know, like, well, I mean, was God winded? Right? Is that what's going on? No, he's God. He's God. God is not tired. God doesn't sleep. God doesn't need to take a nap. Here's what's happening. When the Bible says that God rested, you know what God did? God created everything, stepped back and looked at it, and just took it in. God created everything, stepped back and looked at it, and said to himself, this is awesome. This is awesome. And imagine, there was a party in heaven, probably angels are chest bumping each other. Yeah! But God rested. God intentionally unplugged for the purpose so that all of heaven could pause and say, this matters. God did something. And then you fast forward to the book of Exodus, and God gives his top ten in Exodus chapter 20. The Ten Commandments, you saw Charlton Heston give those, right? And God gives Moses, Charlton Heston, there's a reference point if you need that. God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. Did you know that the longest of the Ten Commandments is the commandment about taking a Sabbath? It's the longest one. In fact, I'll read it for you. It might be up on the screen, but in Exodus chapter 20, In Exodus chapter 20, it says this, beginning in verse 8. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested On the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. See, so God worked for for God worked for six days. God executed. He met deadlines. He got things done for six days. And then on the seventh day, God unplugs on a purpose to say that He did something significant. And then God is talking to Israel, his people, through Moses, or Charlton Heston, take your pick. God is is speaking through Moses, and he says, listen, this is how I want you to do life, Israel. I want you to work for six days. Work hard. Clock in, clock out, do your work. Don't spend all all day on Facebook looking at pictures of cats. I want you to get things done. I want you to meet deadlines. I want you to execute. I want you to perform. But I want you to build into your life a day. A day where you intentionally unplug, when you pull back. Yeah, you're going to leave some stuff undone, and the world won't end because it's undone. But you're going to have a day where you're going to intentionally unplug and pull back because that day is going to say to you and to everyone around us that God meets our needs, that God is faithful, 
That day is going to say that you were slaves, but God stepped in and God rescued us. That day is going to say that God takes care of us. Yeah, there's stuff we need to do. In fact, we're going to get it done as soon as we, as soon as we wake up tomorrow. But for today, we need to be reminded that God is on the throne and he rules my life. And you fast forward. You fast forward to the New Testament. And by the time you get to the New Testament, religious people have taken something called the Sabbath and they've ruined it. Just like religious people always do. If you want to ruin a party, invite religious people. You know what I mean? Right? Because what happens is the religious people, we read them, you booed at them a minute ago. The Pharisees, those were the religious leaders of the day, they took the Sabbath and they stripped out any aspect of relationship. See, because here's what you need to know. God is not interested in you keeping a bunch of rules. God is interested in having a relationship with you. So God created this so that we could have a relationship, so that we could enjoy relationship. But the religious leaders took it, stripped it it of relationship, and said, no, it's all about rules. No, here's what you do. No, you've got to do this. No, 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 Jesus, if if your disciples are hungry, they can't just walk through this field and pick grain. It's The Sabbath, and then Jesus makes this remarkable statement in 27 and 28. He says that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Watch this. So the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. See, Jesus doesn't say, hey, that's something really antiquated and weird in the Old Testament. Leave it there. Jesus doesn't say, hey, it's 2015, you got a lot of stuff, this is a technological age, there's no way you could pull this off. No, no, no. Jesus says, hey, you know what, listen, when you have a day where you intentionally unplug, pull back to reconnect with God, to let God recharge your soul, to hear the voice of God, what that says, what your life is saying when you have those hours or that day, what your life is saying in that moment is that Jesus is Lord of my life. Jesus is Lord of my life. Can we all say Jesus is Lord? Let's all say it together on three really loud. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord. And Jesus says when you build this into your life, your life begins to say, not by simply keeping the rule, but remember, you're building a relationship with God. And to have this time in your life, what it says is Jesus is Lord of my life. Jesus is saying to us, Summit, that we need a time regularly, every single week, we need a regular time where you and I are reminded that God meets our needs. We need a time where we're reminded every single week that Jesus has been faithful in the past and he's going, to be pres- he's going to be faithful in the present. Amen? See, some of us have spent all week, this past week, stressed out, freaked out, burned out, and what's happened is we forgot how we used to be stressed out about something else and God met that need. Can anybody say amen? And God came through and we forgot that we need to be reminded. No, 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 no. God's past faithfulness is the best indicator of his present provision. God's past faithfulness is the best indicator of his present provision. And so we need this regular time in our lives where we pull back just to say, God, I need you to remind me that you're faithful. I need you to remind me that you're good. I need you to remind me that you love me. God, I've had the worst week ever. Friends walked out. Lost my job. God, this has been the worst week of my life. I don't know if my marriage is going to make it. God, I don't know if I'm going to pass this test and get into that school. God, I need to be reminded that when the world walks away, you never will. And Jesus says we can build that into our lives. See, it is so easy for you and I. It's easy for me, maybe not for you. I'll just talk about me. It is easy for me to start to think that I run the world. 
It's easy for me to start to think that I, can, that I need to keep all of these plates spinning and I always need to respond to every email as soon as I get it and I always need to make sure that things are going on social media and I always need to make sure that the event is executed well and I always need to make sure that I'm at every meeting and I've got all of these plates spinning. It is easy for me, maybe it is easy for you also if you'll admit it, it is easy for us to begin to believe that we are running the world. God says you need to be reminded you don't. You need to be reminded that I am running the world. See, the Sabbath says I'm going to pull back and I'm intentionally going to do nothing. But reconnect with him. Because when I don't work, God works. Amen? When I am not working, God is working. See, I don't know if you've ever thought of this before. We're really needy. Did you know that? Did you know that you're really needy? I don't care what your leadership gifts and leadership set is. We're all real needy. I mean, that's why God made sleep. God made sleep for two reasons. To show, number one, that we're needy and to help us to recharge. We need sleep. And listen, it doesn't matter. You can go a couple days, two, three days, or whatever without sleep. You can drink, cow- you can drink coffee. You can drink Red Bull. You can load up on five-hour energy. Eventually, you crash because you need sleep because we're needy. We're, we're needy. That's why we need oxygen to survive. We're needy. That's why we need food to survive. And Jesus is saying that we need a regular reminder in our lives that says Jesus is Lord. Teenagers, is there anything in your life that says Jesus is Lord? Adults, is there anything in your life right now that you can point to that says Jesus is Lord? Well, I came to church. That's, that's it. Yeah, but let's be honest. Some of you are here, but you're not here. You're thinking about that thing that you should have done this past week and you procrastinated. Now you've got to stay up all night tonight to make sure it's done tomorrow. Think about that deadline this week, that meeting this week. Some of you are here, but you're not here. Is there anything in your life that says Jesus is Lord and he's so much Lord, I'm going to pull back and just trust that he's king? That's what the Sabbath is. It's an intentional time, a couple of hours, maybe a day, where we pull back to say Jesus is Lord. Let's all say Jesus is Lord. Everybody say it. Jesus is Lord. What's it look like? If that's what it is, If that's what it is, it's this intentional unplugging on purpose to say Jesus is Lord of my life, my family, my calendar, my goals, my dreams. He's Lord, man. What's that look like? What what does that look like today? Well, let's answer it in several different ways. Here's the first thing. you got to put it on your calendar. If we're going to build these hours into our lives, if we're going to build this day into our lives, you've got to put it on your calendar. I'm Sabbathing right there. Sabbathing is not a word. I just made it up, so don't use it in public. All right? I'm, I'm going to do it right here. I'm going to unplug for a little bit just to reconnect with Jesus right here. And I'm going to take these hours. I'm going to take this day. Listen, if you don't put it on the calendar, I'm going to try to do that this week. I'm going to try to really reconnect with Jesus at a deep level more so than I've ever done it. If you don't put it on the calendar, then what's going to happen? Everything else gets on your calendar and God is pushed to the margins. So put it on your calendar. When can you do this? What are some hours I could do this? Do I have a whole day to do it? Now, a lot of you, maybe today's the greatest day for that. Maybe it's Sunday. Maybe Sunday's a great day. I mean, hey, you're coming to church anyway. You're worshiping with God's people. So maybe you could do that on Sunday. Maybe you could give some of your afternoon to that. Maybe Sunday wouldn't work for you at all. Listen, it doesn't have to be Sunday. You pick what would work for you and put it on your calendar. Okay, Mark, it's on my calendar. What do I do? What am I going to do? Well, let me ask this question. Let me ask you this question. It might be a little weird, but hang with me for a second. What am I going to do? Let me ask this question. What fills your tank? 
What fills your tank or what energizes you? What energizes you? What, what energizes you, man, and gives you passion and refuels you? What energizes you? What fills your tank? Because listen, do that. Some of you, it's taking a nap. Like the most spiritual thing somebody in the room today could do this afternoon is take a nap. Amen? All the nappers, all the nappers didn't say amen. They're taking a nap right now. Right? If it's reading, read a book. If it's going fishing, fish. If it's exercising, exercise. If, if, if you've got kids, play with your kids. You're married, date your spouse. Hey, you're married, make out with your spouse. It's the Sabbath. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Right? What gives you energy? What fills your tank? Now, Mark, this doesn't sound very spiritual. This don't sound very spiritual at all, Mark. I like what you're saying. Well, number one, you're religious and probably no fun at parties. Number two, let's bring up something we said last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it to the glory of God. See, we know how to do church to the glory of God. We need to learn how to do the whatevers to the glory of God. Whatever you do, you're going to eat something, do it to the glory of God. You're going you're to drink something, do it to the glory of God. You're going to play with your kids, do it to the glory of God. You're going to watch a movie, do it to the glory of God. Whatever you do, summit, do it to the glory of God. Let's not have this division in our lives that so many Christians have, and they miss God in most of their lives because of it, where here's secular and here's sacred. Here's God, here's the rest of it. No, we believe that God is God of all of it. Amen? I believe that God is the Lord of all of it. I believe that Jesus reigns over all life. And listen, if God enjoyed his creation, so can you. I would amen that. Like, I would have. Let's do that all over again, because that's a good point. If God enjoyed his creation, so can you. You can. You can. Take a nap this afternoon to the glory of God. Your preacher said it. Right? But here's this. Here's this. Here's this. Biggest thing that you'll do, hey, I'm going to try this. I'm going to unplug. I'm going to unplug this week to reconnect with God. The biggest thing you will do during that time, write this down if you're taking notes. Get this point. The biggest thing that you need to do is pull back to hear the voice of God. Yeah, we're going to recharge, and we're going to do what energizes us. God created it all. We're going to enjoy His creation, but I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I need to hear the voice of God. We need to unplug and pull back, and to hear God tell us one more time, I love you. That you are my child that I am for you, that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you, that no matter what happens at work or school or how our week went, that God is for us. We need to hear in a world that is all about works that God is all about grace. We need to hear that. We need to hear Jesus speak that over our lives. So what am I going to do? I've got this other stuff that I'm going to do, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to unplug during this time because I need to hear the voice of God again. See, Jesus says that the Sabbath was made, was made for man. In other words, this is a gift. It's a gift for you and for me so that we can reconnect, so that we can intentionally put something in our lives. We can intentionally put on the calendar. We can intentionally build something that begins to say, Jesus is Lord. So let me ask you again, is there anything in your life that says that? Is there anything in your life that says Jesus is Lord? 
say, Mark, I'm looking around and I don't see anything. Well, there's a few answers maybe. One is that you're not a Christian. That's on the table. Mark, Mark, there's absolutely nothing in my life that says that Jesus is Lord. Well, maybe the first thing, and we just need to talk about, we need to consider this. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're not really a Jesus follower. Maybe you can't look at your life and say, you know what, there's nothing that says Jesus is Lord. Maybe it's because he's not Lord of your life. And see, today, no matter what you've been, where, where, what you've done or where you've been, no matter who you are, Jesus is ready and willing to save you and to forgive you. And so you can start that relationship with him right now. That's why if you were to read the book of Hebrews, it says that Jesus is our eternal Sabbath rest. What's that mean? It it means that when you have Jesus in your life, he gives you the promise and the hope of eternal life. And you don't have to go to church every week hoping that God notices so you go to heaven. You don't have to come to Summit every week and pray the prayer of salvation every week hoping that that Sunday it sticks. You don't have to come to church every week and jump through a bunch of religious hoops. No, Jesus did the work. You get the rest if you receive it. All you need to do is receive it. Just to say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you in my life. I want you to be Lord. I'm not asking you if you go to church. It's obvious you go to church. I'm not asking you, to be, do you believe in God? I'm asking you, is Jesus Lord? Mark, I don't think he is. I'm telling you, he wants to be today. I'm telling you, he wants to be. He loves you. He died for you. He came back from the dead for you. And all you've got to do is say, Jesus, I need you. I want you to be Lord. Forgive me for sins and save me. And he promises to do it. Maybe you say, Mark, I'm a Christian. I know that I'm saved. I know i got a relationship with Jesus. But Mark, I, Mark I, I just don't hear the voice of God like I used to. Mark, what's the first thing that I can do to really, to really receive Jesus' rest? Mark, what can I do? I want, it, I want my life To say, Jesus is Lord, what's the first step? Jesus would say the first step is to build this into your life. Hey, what if you took a few hours this week? What if you took an afternoon this week? You played with your kids. If you're married, you took your spouse out on a date. Or you went fishing. Because God made it. You're just in his creation. You hung out with some friends that made you laugh. Because they recharge you. They, that you. they know you and you connect with them. And spending time with them just fuels your tank. And then after that, you pulled back just to hear the voice of Jesus again. Just to reconnect with him. Just to hear him say one more time, you are his daughter. And you're his son. And you don't have to perform to get his acceptance. Jesus bought that acceptance for you. You just live in it and enjoy it. What if you did that this week? See, I believe that one of the reasons that I have a hard time hearing the voice of God is because I listen to so many other people's voices. As a church leader, as a pastor, I'm constantly surrounded by voices of, here's how you need to lead your church, and here's the next thing you need to do at your church, and here's the top five things that will grow your church, and here's what this church is doing, and here's what this church is doing, and here's what you need to be doing. And it's so easy for me to hear other voices that I can't hear Jesus' voice. Can you relate? And I'll tell you, one of the biggest distractions for me hearing the voice of God is this. I'm going to challenge our church to do something this week that will cause some of you to hyperventilate. So be prepared. Be prepared. 
I'm going to challenge our ch- I think, listen, I think this matters. I wouldn't have given a Sunday to the Sabbath. Hey, hey, Mark, what cool topic are you preaching on this week? The Sabbath. What? Let's see you. Black Sabbath? I'm coming. What? I think this matters. I think if we build this into our life, I think if I, think if I carve out time for, I think if 500 people in Hazard, Kentucky carved out time for Jesus this week, I think our community would look different in one year. If we would regularly begin to do that. I can't hear the voice of God a lot of times because I'm constantly listening to people's voice on this. I'm constantly looking to see how many people follow me on Twitter. How many people like my, like my picture on Instagram or Facebook. And I'm constantly hearing other voices. And you know what I, what I need to hear? I need to hear Jesus say, you know what, Mark? I don't like you. I love you. So you need to rest in my approval. Who cares how many Twitter followers you might have? Who cares? And so I want to, I'm challenging our church. I'm challenging you. And you and God figure out what this got to look like for you. Because I don't know, I don't know your schedule. You and God work this out. But I'm challenging our church to take a couple of hours or an entire day away from this. Specifically, social media. Now, you need to know, this is not a sermon against social media. Like, you, if you come to Summit, you know that we use social media a lot. I'd say by now we're probably considered spam. Right? Like, I mean, we're all over and I'm all over. So this is not anti-social media. I love it. But listen, I'm challenging, I'm challenging us, you, you. I'm challenging you. Jesus, when could I carve out time away from this? So I stop hearing the voice of people online. I'm pulling away. I'm unplugging for the purpose of hearing your voice. Instead of grabbing this and just opening up Facebook, Twitter, or whatever we usually open, all of a sudden we open up our Bible app because I want to hear God speak. You go out there to the lobby, at all those tables, there's Bible reading plans. I'm doing the one through the New Testament through the summer that we gave out a couple of weeks ago. There's one out there two minutes a day through the Gospel of Mark. Why are we doing that? So you can hear the voice of God. I believe if you dive into the voice of God, you'll be a different person. So what does this need to look like in your life? I'll tell you, Jesus is saying to us, Summit, we need a regular reminder that He is Lord and we are not. That he meets our needs. That he loves us. That we were once slaves, but now we have been set free. And nothing can take that from us. The world can't take that from us. Your boss can't take that from us. That person at school can't take that from you. We be reminded that Jesus is Lord. Would you pray with me? With every head bowed, with every eye closed, we, here we are, we're in the spirit of prayer. Would you just take a quick second and examine your life? Think about your life, not the person next to you, and don't think about what's coming up this week. Think about your life. What is your life saying? Is your life saying what you want it to say? If not, it can change. It's not too late. It's not too late. Do you need to hear the voice of God again? you need to reconnect with Him? Maybe you used to hear the voice of Jesus louder than any other voice. And then for some reason or another, it just faded into the crowd. Do you need to reconnect with Him today? Maybe today you need to give Him your life for the very first time. 
Jesus, you are Lord. We declare that truth today. We love that truth today. We wrap our lives and our church around that truth today, that you are Lord, that you rule over our lives, that you provide for us, and that you meet every need. You are Lord. We love you. And God, I pray that right now, what we've talked about today is something that it's just odd. In our world where we're constantly moving, we've constantly got deadlines, God, you're calling us to hit the pause button to hear your voice. Don't let us miss it. We continue in this spirit of prayer with no one looking around. Every single head is bowed. Eyes are closed. You're here today and you'd say, Mark, Mark, I don't think my life is saying the right things, Mark. I need you to pray for me, Mark. I want my life to say Jesus is Lord. I want my life to say Jesus is Lord. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now so I can pray for you, Mark? That's what I want my life to say. I want my life to say Jesus. Hands are going up right there. Right over here's a hand. Right over there on that side. Other hands go up. Mark, I want my, that's what I want my life to say. I want the message of my life to be Jesus is Lord. There's another hand right over there. How many of you are here today, and just by simply raising your hands, you would say, Mark, I need to hear the voice of God again in my life. Raise your hand right now so I can pray for you. Raise your hand right now. Hands are going up all over. I need to hear the voice of God again. If you're a teenager and that's you, raise your hand. If you're an adult, that's you, raise your hand. I need to hear the voice of Jesus. Hands are going up all over. Listen, if that's you, you just raise your hand. You ask Jesus. You tell Jesus that he knows your heart. You begin to pray to him right now. Say, Jesus, I want to reconnect with you. I want to hear your voice. Or maybe you're here right now. In this moment, you know that you need Jesus to save you. You want to begin a relationship with Jesus. You know, there's some verses that we quote almost every week here at Summit. Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. And it says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, then we'll be saved. Say, Mark, what do I do to be saved today? You confess to God that you've sinned and then ask Jesus into your life to save you. That's it. Say, Jesus, I've sinned and I want you to save me. Be my Lord right now. And He promises to save you. In fact, listen. These aren't magic words, but I just want to help you verbalize what God might be doing in somebody's heart right now in this room. If you're here today and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and you can pray this prayer silently right there where you're sitting today. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life and save me. I want you to be Lord. I want my life to say that you are Lord. Here's my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. Amen. No one is looking around. No one is looking around. No one's moving. This is a moment where God's at work. But did you just pray that prayer? Did you just ask Jesus to save you? Listen, if you're here today, if you just prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you say, Mark, I just prayed that prayer with you to be saved, would you raise your hand right now where you're sitting so that I can see and say, celebrate with you? Just raise your hand right now to say, Mark, I prayed that today. I want Jesus to save me, and I prayed for it to happen today. Raise your hand really high so we can celebrate with you. And listen, if you are raising your hand, here's what I want you to do. Put your hand down and just look at me. Just look at me. Hey, you haven't stop anything, okay? You've started something. 
You've just started a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the biggest thing that you've ever done in your life. And our church just wants to come alongside of you and help you. And so on that connection card that you got when you walked in, would you check that box that says, I gave my life to Christ. I gave my life to Jesus. Check that box. And on your way out, you can give it to one of our volunteers. You can give it to somebody in the back there who we've got free Bibles and a book for you called Seek First. But don't leave until you let somebody know what God did in your life today. Don't leave until you do that. Maybe you're here and you need to make the decision to say, Mark, I need to be baptized. I had somebody come to me this morning saying, Mark, I need to be baptized. And we set that up right there. Check the box that says I need to be baptized. Whatever God is doing in your life, write it down on that card. Let's take the next step that God wants us to take. We don't have to leave the same people that we were. Let's be obedient to the voice of God. Jesus, thank you that you want to speak to us. And thank you for what we've talked about today. God, what a radical thought of this week, all of us, hundreds of us, unplugging for a couple of hours, maybe a whole day, to hear your voice, to reconnect with you. God, I think our church would look different. I think schools and businesses would look different. I think our community would look different if we intentionally carved out time to hear from you. Jesus, you are Lord. We love you. And everyone said, amen. Let's thank God for church today. Let's thank God for him just meeting us here today. It's amazing that we get to do this together. And listen, next week, like I said, don't you dare miss next week. It's going to be such a cool Sunday. We've got so many things lined up for next Sunday that you just want to be here and experience. Right out there, all those serving opportunities, guys, you can dive into one, sign up uh, for one of those. If you want to be a part of my life group tonight at the homeless shelter, just meet us there at 6 o'clock. Also, if you can help us tear down for graduation this afternoon, that'd be awesome. Guys, I love you. Church, see you next week. If you're a first-timer, we'd love to meet you out there at the welcome table or right here for the VIP. See you guys.